Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? Yeah, I, I was right last week, Amy. Just want to point that out. What What were you right about? I don't even about remember. About how there won't be any slow weeks until July. Okay, great. Um, guess what? I was right, too. What did you say? That there wouldn't be any slow weeks until July. Yeah, we kind of agreed on that, and we were both right. So we okay. got an action-packed show this week. Well, I don't know about action, but we got a packed show. Yes, and I think it's going to be this way. You know you know how long, Jonathan? Until, until July. July. Yeah. yeah, but but we're not going to do this intro again every week, right? I don't know. It depends. We could talk about the Masters. How'd your bracket do? Do that. My, bra- my bracket was horrible. <laughs> I didn't bracket, do one, so mine was great. It 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 was terrible. So there. Well, if yeah. y'all don't give uh, Coach Davis a standing ovation on Sunday morning at the summit, man, I am so I'm so excited for him. He is such he's such a good man. Yeah, not so, a, not yeah, a bad part, first year. That's right. That's right. So he's part. I thought about him. I thought you know I should make him one of my most fascinating. That list is going to be forever and a day long, Amy. It may be. We may have to make twenty. Most fascinating. Yeah, I know. Southern hey, can we, yeah. it, you, here's the deal, though. You got six months to make this happen. When college basketball season kicks off in October, November, we need to have him on the podcast. Um, I don't know if I can make that happen. But oh, come we'll on, see. listen. I've tried. I tried so much. When I made a huge push at Southeastern for this one thing, and I never got it. So, little piece of trivia about Southeastern Seminary. Where, you know, the campus was Wake Forest College. Yes. If I remember right, it, it our gym at Southeastern was the the location of the first yeah. like ACC the, basketball, the game. birthplace of ACB, ACC basketball. Right. So I I said, why do we not get a UNC Wake Forest exhibition game here in our gym? And I tried, and it never. Well, that's, this is a little happened. bit different. This is just an interview. I mean, yeah, I, I know I, don't I know, know Coach if Davis I can do probably listens either. every week. Coach, give us a call. Hit Amy up at church on Sunday. You know, uh, he's, we're not at the same campus. Well, so. I mean, it, you can show up at a different campus. It's all good. Yeah, Amy's coming so. to Chapel Hill Sunday. Very exciting, maybe, maybe and man, they played their hearts out. It was a great, it was a great game. Lots of fun. All right. Well, hey, before we get into our show this week, we want to thank our sponsor, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. We'll talk about them a little bit later. Got a trustee report from them, a really good trustee report from them. But a preparation for the broadest range of Christian ministry. That's what you're going to expect, and that's what you're going to get whenever you complete a Master of Divinity at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. With a wide array of academic options, Southwestern Seminary offers MDiv studies with concentrations in educational ministry, women's studies, international and church planning, and much more. So whether you're called to student ministry, cross-cultural missions, pastoral ministry, chaplaincy, or anything in between, the MDiv from Southwestern Seminary will equip you to live your calling. You can explore all the options available within the Southwestern Seminary MDiv over at swbts.edu slash mdiv. That's swbts.edu slash mdiv. So uh, check that out if you're interested in getting your MDiv or any other degrees from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Amy, we mentioned it at the top, a busy week, lots of news this week. Uh, we got some SBC presidential candidate news. Pastor Willie Rice has withdrawn his candidacy for the position. That's right. And let's let's talk kind of in official terms. You know, again, as we've talked about here, there's no formal process of becoming a candidate. 
what happens is they are nominated at the SBC annual meeting. So that's actually when it happens, but it's often announced. It's usually announced beforehand that there is an intention to nominate and that people are seeking the nomination, you know, in, at that stage. So what Willie Rice announced is that he will no longer seek the nomination for SBC president. So it's not, I mean, I, the word withdraw is, is a word that is helpful to use, but there was no formal, you know, anything, but what yeah. he did is say, I'm, I was going to do this. I'm not anymore. This followed a release on April 1st that discussed sensitive information concerning a deacon at Calvary Church where he is senior pastor. And this there we've got the story at Baptist Press kind of goes into uh, into all the details, really, really connected to our ongoing conversation about abuse and even the discussion about pastoral qualifications or leadership qualifications in the local church. And it was related to something uh, in the past of one of his deacons. So this had been a, uh, a conversation. He had released a statement and then several days later said, and I'm not going to seek the nomination for SBC president. So we got the Baptist press story that gives all the information about that. So when that released, it left two candidates, at least who had said they would be pursuing this, Tom Askell and Robin Hathaway. But wait, Amy. We have a third. Right. That lasted about a day when Bart Barber, pastor in Texas, was announced that he would be a candidate. So Matt Hensley, who's the president of the Pastors Conference and is a an associational mission strategist there in Texas, he intends to nominate Bart Barber for SBC president. So now it's, uh, I guess, uh, the way Baptist Press said it, fourth announced candidate, but only the third. So it's a three-way uh, race again, but there's plenty of time. Like more people may throw their hat in the ring. We could have some last minute, you know, a last minute candidate. We don't know. We had four last year. And what was it in, we did that, uh, that, that highlight a while last year about how there were like 13 or 14 candidates, you know, for one yeah. race. I think and it was so, first vice president back in the day, wasn't it? Was it, or was it SBC president? No, that was an SBC. That's when somebody it was went like to the 61 floor. 61 or 62 something, right? Right, right, yeah. right. That was where, and they went and nominated Billy Graham and like uh, people then withdrew there said, no, I don't want the nomination. That was kind of a, uh, I, I don't think they were releasing their names in Baptist press at that point. I, it, it almost sounded like a thing where somebody's sitting out in the crowd and hears their name and is like, whoa, hey, wait a minute, let's discuss this. So we've got quite a history on how I'm this gets you, done. Best way to filibuster the meeting. It's the, really <laughs> just, the only way to filibuster the meeting is to you just keep, keep nominating. You just keep on nominating because for every nomination, that's a three minute speech. So, yep. uh, but anyway, not that this, that it needs to happen by anybody. Just be right. clear. Right. So, I will tackle you. So here we are at this stage that the intention is for three candidates. Uh, so Bart Barber is pastor of First Baptist Church in Farmersville, Texas. He also is the chairman of the Committee on Resolutions at the June meeting as well. That had been announced before. First Baptist Farmersville is part of the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention, and, and Bart has served in various roles in the SBTC and at the SBC. So those are all listed in the release at Baptist Press. And then according to the annual church profile, they reported 14 baptisms in 2021 and averaged 320 in weekly worship, 12.23% uh, given through the cooperative program, as well as uh, some other significant 
gifts to Lottie Moon and Great Commission causes. Uh, What's interesting about this, Jonathan, is right now in the field of candidates, all the candidates are coming from normative size SBC churches. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the interesting, interesting part of this race uh, right now. Absolutely. And I don't think we've seen that in quite some time. So is a, a fascinating development that we've seen, the, the move from what we've seen traditionally with the pastors from larger churches, now pastors of kind of your normative size churches, 200, 300 person churches. Yeah. And, and I will say this too, as much as we've been able to see and hear from the three candidates, they all speak of kind of a vision for the convention that is different yeah. from what we have heard in in recent years too. And Every different one from of one them. another as well. That's right. Every one of them. And so when you think about this, about pastors from pastors or leaders from normative sized churches, and we say, man, that's really different from what we've had. Well, they're actually laying out visions that are pretty different from what we've seen from these pastors of of larger churches that just have different, you know, different thoughts or ways of approaching. So what we're really looking at right now in this field is probably a different experience from the SBC president, a different approach to the office. And remember, there are there's only a few things that are in the bylaws yeah. that say only two the things SBC you gotta really do. Yeah, that the SBC president must do this. And a lot of the other things that have developed over time are just part of kind of our convention culture. And so, uh, and by the way, it's, it's three things, Jonathan, um, it's, it's moderate the meeting committee appointments and then serving on the executive committee. I wasn't really counting the third, but okay, that's fine. Yeah. It's a substantive thing. It's a, yeah, it is. It is. It's a responsibility. It is. And so, and then there are other little things that are are listed in there as well. The the third one is more of a perk than it is a, a duty. Okay. You can say that. Because it's, it's a mean, blessing think, to be able to hang out with me a couple times a year. Oh, that's, <laughs> you're welcome to say that. I would say in that conversation, like if you're going to talk, rather than you're going to talk though. about it, frame it that way. I'm good with other words besides perk, but okay. Uh, so I, you, you said it, not me. Just going to let those things lay out there. Essentially, the things that have been sort of added on throughout the years, while they may still come, they're not required. Yeah. And so I just think that's important. A lot of folks are asking the question, how can someone of us of this size church manage it? It's, it's a pretty big task still and lots of requests come in, but I think we've got folks who see this going differently than maybe have been in the, in the past in terms of the approach to the office. Now we could still see more, like we said, and it's interesting too how we've moved in this in this era to these much much earlier announcements because you look back even within the last ten years, announcements were still a lot of times not coming until May. So that's what that shows is first of all it's been a shift in how long people want to talk about this stuff. It also means there's still time. So yeah. Hey, one one note and maybe slight correction of what you said earlier. It's not just the executive committee. It is the no, several, several boards. And I, I'm aware of that. It's also, I'm it's, it's I'm just Lifeway. clarifying for our listeners. It's Lifeway, Lifeway Guidestone, Guidestone, IMB, and NAM. Yes, yes. The boards. Just those. It's the, that's, that's the distinction. The yeah. boards, not the commissions seminaries. or the seminaries. That's right. So yes, you're right. 
It's the four. Say that again. What was that? You're right. There we go. All but right. You said it wasn't an important thing. So, you oh, know. It was a perk, I said. Yeah. Well. Not, not a duty. All right. Yeah. That conversation aside, one more note, a kind of a programming note, I think, is, is the best way to call this. Nathan Finn, who we talked about last week on the podcast. If you listened to last week's episode, you're, you're thinking to yourself, well, Bart was supposed to also nominate Nathan Finn for recording secretary, which is, that's what we talked about last week. Well, that's Nathan right. announced this week that David Sons will now be doing that and not Bart Barber. So, uh, they, they talked and, you know, I think Bart felt that it, with him being nominated as president, it's probably not the best for him to be also nominating Nathan for that office. So David Sons, right. uh, member of the executive committee and good friend of the pod from South Carolina will be doing that nomination instead. So just a, a programming note there uh, that Nathan announced this week. Also, another kind of a programming note, I guess you want to call it, Matt Hensley, who will be nominating Bart Barber at the annual meeting, is also the president of the SBC Pastors Conference this year. They announced this week they're only going to be holding elections for one office, that is the office of president for the Pastors Conference, and just basically to allow the president to pick his own team. So uh, that kind of they're in a time crunch and a couple other reasons. It's basically the best thing for them to allow the president to choose those who are going to come around and help plan next year's meeting in 2023. So just a, a small programming note from the pastor's conference as well. All right, Amy, it's the first of the month. You know what that means? CP. That's right. Hey, I got good news again, Amy. Let's hear it. The CP is nearly $11 million above budget halfway through our fiscal year. We are at $105,914,683.19. Don't forget the 19 cents at the end of March. So halfway through the year, Amy, we are over 105, almost $106 million given through the cooperative program to the National Cooperative Program Allocation Budget. That is some fantastic news right there. That's pretty wild. So yeah. over we're in double digits. Yeah. 9.8 million above where we were last year, 10.9 million above budget. So budget's right over $95 million and we are almost to $106 million. So that is a fantastic number right there. And also Lottie Moon gifts are up. The amount given through designated gifts are up. So all positive on the giving front in the Southern Baptist Convention. Just some incredible news. And again, we say it every month, an incredible testimony to the faithfulness, generosity, and mission support of Southern Baptists around the country. So thank you, uh, all of you who are part of giving through the cooperative program. Amy and I, uh, you know, we've talked about it here on the podcast for now almost seven years, Amy, which, by the way, is crazy to think that this podcast is almost seven years old. Uh, but it, it's just amazing to see where we've come with the giving through the cooperative program in those seven years. All right, Amy, some trustee reports. We start at Southwestern. Southwestern approved their budget. They approved a 2023 fiscal budget of $37.367 million, which is a 5.86% increase over the current year. And they were able to, you know, kind of help with cost of living increase for faculty and full-time staff. Also includes a 3% increase in tuition and fees. Uh, but targeted investments in Hispanic programs, technology infrastructure, and other campus improvements. Also, they elected new faculty. Joshua Wagner was elected professor of church music and worship. That's effective August 1st. 
that is a bittersweet announcement uh, for me because he is coming from Southeastern Seminary where he has has served for a lot of years and is really great. We're excited for him and, um, you know, proud for for what he's going to be doing. Uh, but it's sad. That's a sad, a sad goodbye. Joshua Wagner's a great, great man. Also named faculty members to endowed chairs, Chris Shirley to the Jack D and Barbara Terry chair of religious education in the Terry school and John Massey, who is Dean of the Roy fish school of evangelism and missions got named to the Charles Stanley chair for the advancement of global Christianity. So that's really exciting. Um, and then other things they named the center for global evangelical theology in honor of David Dockery. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, and that, and so that's, that's exciting. And it's kind of a new, uh, almost like a, a, a restart that yeah. center had been there, but it's going to be rebranded and relaunched as well. They also announced some appointments and reassignments of faculty and promotions, sabbatical leaves, things like that. So it just sounds, sounds like they had a, a, a great happy time with their trustees. One thing to note there at Southwestern, kind of the efforts of the fundraising side of things, they announced last year they brought in $17.4 million in their uh, advancement efforts. Uh, that included $8.5 million from the Harold Riley Foundation settlement. There's a whole story on that as well, if you want to remember that backstory. Uh, but so really, they, they kind of brought in right around $9 million last year in advancement giving. This year, just through April 4th, uh, there, you remember the fiscal year for the seminaries, they run like August 1st to July 31st. But through April 4th, with just a few months to go, they've already eclipsed the $10 million mark for giving this year. So fundraising at Southwestern, really, really strong this year. Uh, last year brought in about nine, and this year already over 10 in their fundraising efforts at Southwestern. So congratulations to our good friends over at Southwestern. And Amy, we, we head to your backyard at Southeastern. Yeah. So trustee meeting here and what I got to experience of it was great, which is typically, which the kind of the typical dinners and, and things like that. So I had a great time connecting with some of the trustees at Southeastern. They approved a $30.6 million budget for the fiscal year, which also includes a 3% salary increase for all full-time faculty and staff. Always appreciate that. Um, it also accounts for expansion of Account, accounts for expansion of programs related to church-based training partnerships due to recent grants, as well as some new endowment accounts for student aid, funding for the faculty, and for campus maintenance. Uh, the trustees also elected Ross Inman, Associate Professor of Philosophy, to the faculty. So that was exciting for them. And then had uh, faculty promotions, including uh, their Scott Hildreth and Kristen Kellum to Associate Professor, but Danny Aiken, Scott Kellum, Chuck Lawless, and Mark Lederbach to Senior Professor. So all congratulations right, right, to Danny Aiken. Hold on. What? What? what how, how does that work? He's the president of the school. He, but he has a faculty title. They all have faculty titles. That's how he teaches. Okay, so they moved him to senior professor. I'm I'm just confused. All that's, right. So that's weird. at Southeastern, there's like instructor. That's before your PhD, and then okay. assist assistant professor, associate professor, professor, senior professor. Yeah, yeah. We've we've covered that on the pod before. I'm just trying to figure right. out like how he's like he's because the president he of the school. Right. And he also is a member of the faculty. He teaches. Okay. So Keith is his boss, even though he's Keith's boss. Mm, 
No, it's not like that, but he's part of the faculty. Like, because he teach, like, he's and, not an and who's adjunct. Over the faculty? Who's over the faculty? You're making my brain hurt. Uh, you're Stop. making my brain hurt. I, if you go look at the other schools, the presidents are part of the faculty. They have okay. faculty titles. The org chart they're is on, a circle at Southeastern. All right. They're on, and all the seminaries, all okay. the presidents are faculty members as well. Going back to like the beginnings of the school. All right. It makes sense. I, I guess it, it's you need administrative versus academic. I get it. But spend it's some just time weird. in higher ed. Spend some time yeah, now, in higher ed. I'm good. I'm good. All I'm right. Good. All right. Now let, let let me throw another one if you want to go oh, into like goodness gracious. mind bending, you know, things. Keith also is a member of the faculty. So is he his own boss? Yes. Like what? No, you're his boss. Hey, oh, all right. Other things. Launching I did of not a new say that. Bachelor of I Business did not say that. <laughs> I did not say that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yes. Launching a new Bachelor of Business Administration for the fall semester. Um, there has been a business minor for a while. So this is just making an actual like degree in business administration for the college. So very exciting. And then some other some other things, including the addition, uh, this is important, of a free zero credit course on sexual abuse training that undergraduate, graduate, and advanced students will be required to complete during their program at Southeastern. You cannot graduate without taking that course. Um, it will overview practical strategies for preventing and responding to sexual abuse, as well as biblical and theological foundations for caring well for victims of abuse. So any uh, degree program that someone is in, it's, it's free, zero credit, but they can't graduate without it. So it's that that's a very, very important. I think a, a really good step, particularly with everything that, uh, that is being done, uh, just convention wide. I think that's a, an important note. Yeah. So. All right. More of it. Very neat. So, all right. That's great from Southeastern and Amy, our final trustee recap comes from Midwestern. Midwestern announced the launch of the global campus and then also elected Thomas Kidd to the faculty. So the global campus is... That's going to be a tough one to walk across, you know, between classes. Right. Uh, so they have 10 new start dates every year. They have contextualized assignments in every class and a variety of flexible class formats. And uh, then they offer dozens of degrees fully online. So it's wherever students are called, they can complete Midwestern degree programs however they can completely online, live over video, uh, attending an event or in their church. And so it's a, just a, just a different delivery platform, different formats. So very, uh, very interesting. And they've got a, a new website or a new webpage that kind of explains that a little bit more for the availability for people. Uh, they also elected, as I said, Thomas Kidd as research professor of church history. He's moved, he's been a visiting professor, but now he is moving there. He will be in a full-time residential role starting in the fall of 22, uh, in the fall of 2022. They also elected Rio Kim as assistant professor of Christian studies, uh, and then re-elected Blake Hearson as professor of Old Testament and Hebrew and re-elected and promoted Todd Chipman to associate professor of biblical studies. Their budget uh, is a 6% growth from last year's budget of 29.808 million to this year's budget of 31 0.728 million and includes a 3% cost of living raise for all seminary employees. So looks like this has been uh, a kind, kind of across, of across the board. The board. Yeah. On yeah. that. So, so that's good. Cause the, I think we all know inflation and things that the yeah. cost of living is going up. 
then they also had a couple of uh, they they also had a, a resolution in support of Hannibal Lagrange University and established a new scholarship. So, uh, so good. It seems like very positive trustee meetings happening everywhere. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, so, congratulations to all our friends at our Southern Baptist Seminaries. We'll have the other trustee reports uh, once those trustee boards meet. So, uh, we should be waiting on New Orleans Gateway and Southern. All right, Amy. To Kenya we go. We have a new partnership between the IMB and Kenyan Baptists. Yes. So Darren Davis, he's the IMB strategy leader for Sub-Saharan Africa, uh, met, he and some other representatives from the IMB met with the, the Baptist Convention of Kenya. So these are Kenyan Baptist leaders in Nairobi to talk through uh, just kind of the challenges that have happened in the past possibilities for the future and how to work together. Um, so it, it essentially they entered into an agreement, a partnership. Southern Baptist missionaries first went into Kenya in the 1950s. And so it was focused on evangelism, discipleship, church planting. Now Kenya has been widely evangelized and their, uh, the Baptist convention there has 720,000 members. And so essentially this is, you know, how do you take there's a convention there on the ground. And then the IMB is also, you know, going to in, into the place where there are unreached people groups, but there are almost a thousand no longer unreached people groups. Fantastic. And how, how do we help them to be sending their own missionaries and, and doing things? So areas of partnership that they are discussing are theological education, missionary training, resource development, strategic planning, research and mapping of church locations and unreached areas. Uh, so IMB has partnerships around the world with various Baptist conventions uh, in you know lots of different countries. And so this is, is something that is beginning now in Kenya. Congratulations to the IMB on that. And Amy, one final note, and it's just a note because I, I love the the headline here. But the Alabama Disaster Relief, they have air they have an airlift kitchen that yes. is headed to Hungary to help with yes. refugee efforts from Ukraine. So get this, the Southern Baptist kitchen is going to Hungary. Oh, that's funny. I see what you did there. I mean, it's it's a good story, but the headline right. is just gold. You had way. you just had to do that. Yeah, yeah I had the to do kitchen, that. I had to talk about kitchen. that. So, but thank you to our friends in Alabama, by the way, for this because yeah, uh, they're exciting. traveling to Romania in April, in late April. So in a couple of weeks, they're headed to Romania to help with churches assisting refugees from Ukraine there. But you know, hey, Southern Baptist, we have all these these mobile kitchens, and we're right. sending one to going to Hungary. To Hungary. And kitchen the, in Hungary, and it's yeah. and it's going to be staffed by uh, North Carolina Baptists. Yeah, so really so I know, cool. I, I a lot talked of, to lot of teamwork. Todd Unzicker this week, and he was telling me about a big group of North Carolina Baptists headed that way. Uh, I think this weekend. So really cool. We'll try to get some reports back from them uh, whenever they're over there. So really, really exciting stuff there. And Southern Baptists really have stepped up to the plate here in Ukraine and as uh, what's going on over there, just in Eastern Europe in general. We've got people in Poland and Romania. Um, going into Ukraine even. So uh, be in prayer for our friends in Ukraine and all that they've been going through, as well as those uh, refugees from the country and Southern Baptists serving them over in Eastern Europe. Amy, that's going to do it for our news this week. Bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. I, I found one I wanted to talk about in 1980, who would have been on my list of most fascinating Southern Baptists if I had cared in 1980, but I don't, I didn't because I was four. And I was um, not yet born. So 
Oh my goodness. I feel really old. All right. So it was George Hamilton, the fourth, who, for those who are fans of the. Him? George Hamilton, the fourth from the Grand Ole Opry. Oh, Oh. you're thinking of a different George Hamilton. Not that one. The tan one. Yeah, not him. George Hamilton, the fourth, very popular on the Grand Ole Opry. Um, there's a great article in Baptist Press about him being a guest host on Country Crossroads, which is a country music interview radio program that we produced uh, through the Southern Baptist Radio and Television Commission. The regular host was uh, that that great, lovable uh, Southern Baptist Jerry Clower, who I yes. love when I find Jerry Clower stories in here. Um, but it talks about uh, from it, Yazoo it City, ta- Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah, so it talked about this. This article talks about the how the approach that the program would take Country Crossroads to tell people about Christ. Um, Hamilton said that country music was a distinctly American art form, and they would talk about country music, but then they would bring in evangelism, witnessing uh, things like that. And so it's a great story. It's a couple of pages, uh, not a not a huge not a huge event. Uh, so we'll make this segment short, but I just loved it. Wanted to share it, uh, because I got pretty excited. I was like, it's the grand Ole Opry showing up in Baptist press. Uh, the last sentence in the story says, so when Hamilton travels on concert tours or sings at the grand Ole Opry or appears on country crossroads, he's not just picking and grinning. He's also singing for Christ. Uh, so it shares a little bit of his testimony and everything. Um, I, at that time, maybe, maybe not when I was four, but a little older, I listened to the Grand Ole Opry on the radio every Saturday night and listened in that to George Hamilton, the fourth. Well, they were also talking about him in 1980 this week in SBC history on WSM 650 Nashville. Yes, that's right. There you go. Hey, so this was the original cross in the jukebox. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, nothing new under the sun. Nothing so new when under that the sun. when that podcast came out, it wasn't the first. Nope. You're right. All right. That'll bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is a new EP album by Jill Phillips that uh, had kind of a soft launch in December uh, on CD, but is now released on uh, streaming, you know, platforms, music platforms. And uh, you know, I'm a big Jill Phillips fan. This one is is very. It's only. It's only a, a, a handful of songs, um, six to be exact, but they are, they're really That's how EPs work, Amy. I know. They're really, subs- but I just wanted to say it. They're really, there's a lot of substance there, particularly connected with suffering. And I have enjoyed listening to it as I just process things in my own life and, and the things that people are walking through. We've had a cu- tough couple of years here uh, and it's, it's very meaningful. She gives words to a lot of things. So I was moved by the album and I love listening to it. So I wanted to share it. Very She's cool. great. I'm also going to recommend an album this week and it's a couple okay. years old, but this is a great week for it. It's a great time for it any time of the year, but especially this week. And that's Resurrection Letters Prologue and Volume 1. And if you want to throw in Volume 2 as well Absolutely. from our friend Andrew Peterson. So Absolutely. The best Easter soundtrack in my mind that there is out there. And it, uh, is. It, it is phenomenal. And I highly recommend you to check it out. Take a, a minute and, and listen to that this week. It really prepares your heart for the coming of the Christ and uh, just a, a phenomenal, phenomenal work from Andrew Peterson. Everything he does is good. We love Andrew on this podcast and the resurrection letters, volume one, volume two, and the prologue are just stellar. So 
That'll be my resource of the week as we head into Easter, which Amy is next weekend. Next weekend. Yep. We got some uh, summit. We're we're having the entire church. We've got lots of campuses all ballpark? over Raleigh, Durham. No, we're at Walnut Creek Amphitheater. The ballpark's not big enough. Y'all outgrown yeah, so, the ballpark. Yeah. So very excited. We're going to be at the amphitheater and um, I, I can't wait. So I'll, I'll be able to share in a couple of weeks what that experience was Bring like. Bring your lawn chair and your cooler. Yeah, we're, we, my family, <laughs> my family has, uh, our, our reservations are on the lawn. So it's going to be great. Very cool. That's, that's so much fun. We're, we're meeting our church is going to be at Belmont this year in the okay. brand new performing arts center, the Fisher performing arts center. Beautiful. And I can't wait because I've been wanting to get in this building and see some, something in the building for about a year and haven't been in it yet. And I am so pumped about next week about this. So that's going to be really exciting. So if you're in Durham, check out the amphitheater. If you're going to be in Nashville, we have air conditioning. You can check us out at, at Belmont next week. If you're out of town for some reason at Easter and not at your own local church. So, all right, Amy, I know it's a big week for your daughter, Mary, big, big night, Sunday night coming up. What? Chris Renzema in Raleigh. Oh, is that Sunday night? That's Sunday night, the 10th, yeah. Okay, well. Is she going by herself? Or are you going with? Does she, she have tickets friends? to it? Yeah. She's going with friends. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, what? What are you talking about? Yes. Yeah, she's, she's been talking about it, so I, yeah. I just... You know, I'm a big yeah. fan. I went and saw him when he came in Nashville. Yes. You you and Mary fall. are you and Mary are both big fans of Chris Renzema. Yeah. So and she's got a lot of friends that are, are fans too. Yep. So, so that'll be fun. It's a, yeah, yeah. You know, it's pretty weird having a an 18 year old because like you're Tell me about it. Yeah, because a lot of times they're like they've got things going on. And I, I remember this discussion. I did not remember it was this weekend. So thanks. Well, I'm I only know because she and I have talked about it a while back and it's, yeah. I knew the date in the Raleigh cause I see it on the social media or whatever. So right, right. he's headed to Raleigh yeah. this weekend. So again, if you're a Chris Rinsma fan or if you're not, it's worth going. He's amazing. So big fan of him. And uh, so that'd be a fun. So anyway, Amy, we'll, we'll do this next week. It'll be good Friday next week when we do this. So have a good week. I'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.